Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Whew, close one last night, fam. It was uh, one of those games that you look at and go, this could have huge implications on the season. Flyers could have lost it by winning, but they won it by losing. Regulation loss. You love to see it. And now they've lost three of the three biggest games of the season. The back-to-back Buffalo last weekend, Chicago on Monday. They're going to get themselves a top five pick, and this season will not be wasted. They're going to do it. But I guess there's other stuff to talk about, too, (coughs) with this hockey team. And probably other things, because I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the hockey team again. Let's find out. Let's get things started with the fly-by-herself, Kelly Hinkle. Last night was the night that I almost turned into the Joker. I don't know what it was about last night's game. Like, there have been a lot of boring, terrible hockey games that we've all forced ourselves to watch because we signed contracts. But I was tweeting the game last night, and so I had to pay, like, a little bit of attention. And it was just absolutely torturous. It felt like it would never end. I don't I'll know tell if you. it was the 8 p.m. start, or, or it was just... It, everything about last night's game made me want to die. And I, I can't believe it took 80 games to get there. The the 8 p.m. start and all the whistles definitely played oh. a part. Also, the fact that it looked like we were just going to see 100 goals and then it stopped. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> all right, cool. It looks like Felix Sandstrom is finally going to have his welcome to the NHL gets lit up game. That's fine. It's going to happen to everybody, especially a guy who's probably not that great. Uh, Chicago plays no defense to begin with. And Kevin Lankinen's fucking horrible. So it was like, all right, we're going to see like a 9-7 game. That's totally fine. At least that's fun. Yeah. And then the second and third period, nothing happened. Until that bald dude tried to crash into the net and then wanted to fight Farabee because he did something stupid. What was that jackass doing? Why would Uh, you go that hard at the end of a meaningless game that you're already winning? What did he think was going to happen? Like he should have broken his leg. Did he want? I think he started trying to fight Faraby because fighting himself would have looked ridiculous. Like if he just started <laughs> punching him, if he just started punching himself in the face, that would be asinine. So he had to try to fight Joel Faraby. That's the only. That's the I only mean, possible. I don't. Know. Sure. 
From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Anyway, eh. um, I'm not saying that uh, Mike Yo is, like, in on, like, he's making decisions with the goal of losing games. I'm not saying that. However, <laughs> if one was doing that, they would have done exactly what they did last night with regards to the guy who scored two goals and three points the night before, which is, Noah Cates, you're playing well. You know what that means? You're going to get the least amount of minutes on the team the next night. That annoyed me. Low-key. Like, I'll I, tell you. So I think my guess, and the, the broadcast kind of hinted at this, I think like one of the commentators obviously, obviously was not in Chicago. I didn't have the ability to ask like yo before or after the game about this but the commentators seem to imply that like they thought Cates was really drained after that game so they were kind of cutting back on his minutes purposely which like maybe you know it's been a pretty demanding schedule he's just out of college college players don't play as nearly as often as they do in the NHL that said if one was trying to lose a game they absolutely would limit the minutes of the one player who has been playing well enough to make it so your team doesn't lose games. That's they Just commented saying. the broadcast did mention like they're gonna short shift him, like he's gonna get 30 second shifts. We're gonna try to keep him fresh and all that. I'm just um, saying, I'm oh. just saying that, like, that the he's tired excuse, which I'm guessing is going to be the reason that would be given, is a perfect way to, like, backdoor a stealth tank into a Sure. Situation. No, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, oh, well, we said, you know, our third string quarterback was going to play the second half all along. You know, uh, it's, it's very that. Um, I don't think you can discount, however, Mike Yo, not that great at what he does. <laughs> uh, 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 you don't say. You know, I, just a, just one of them things. Um, he might have no idea who his best players are and how much he's playing them. It's very possible. Um, I, I, it's probably a little bit of everything. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. I think we should just talk about the moon from now on. People I really got, liked it. I got more tweets about the moon being the back of the sun than any of my takes this year. I will still laugh to the point of crying when I hear you say that it's the back of the sun. I will so never So what is that from, Bill? Because you seem very proud of that reference. It's, it, it's, it was a stupid, like, throwaway joke on Scrubs that the janitor made. And the janitor on Scrubs is, I think, my all-time favorite television character. Yeah, I could see you modeling your life Fuck after Walter him. White. Not because of his role, but because of his personality. Oh, you, Steph, you'll get a kick out of this. So you, a jumping off point from the moon conversation. So I'm in the midst of doing a mailbag, uh, my final mailbag of the season. I mean, I'll keep doing mailbags during the summer, so it's not like they're going to stop. But um, final one of this season, because uh, I do one every month. And one of the questions, I'm going to read it. Uh, because it was directly a response to Broad Street Hockey Radio last week. Oh, it's open we with answer it the, now. The, no, it's not even a question. It's more just no. like a, and like someone just ripping me um, oh, for no. something very dumb. Um, <laughs> this is in close to a Flyers question because, well, gestures broadly a season. 
My <laughs> question is more a how could you betray us fellow stat nerds sort of question. In a recent podcast, you went along with the idea that Shakespeare didn't exist or Shakespeare didn't write his plays, conspiracy theory, without any pushback. I expected you, who shares my love of data and its correct usage, to point out there's a lot of evidence Shakespeare existed and that he wrote his plays. So much evidence that no actual Shakespeare scholars believe either of those things. This might not get answered because it's so crazy off topic, but I just wanted to make sure you knew that that position is basically the curse of the statue of William Penn of the literary world. Get him, Steph Driver. What's their name? James <laughs> D. James, James D. Stephanie. James D. You come talk and we will do. We will do a show because there is very little evidence that the man existed. All also, I'm asking. All I'm asking is for proof that he existed. I don't I don't need proof that he wrote the works. I don't need proof that he was educated. I don't need any of that shit. I want concrete proof that a man named William Shakespeare, exactly that pronunciation, lived in Stratford-upon-Avon in that time period. That's it. Also, the curse of the William Penn statue, if you want to look at data and facts, happened. Yeah. I mean, they put that little guy on top of the Comcast Tower. They fixed it. And the Phillies won the World Series. So, I don't know what other proof you need of that. Um, All I can say is, I give probably, like, like I give, I give so little craps about the William Shakespeare thing in reality. I just don't care. I think it's funny that Steph cares as much as she does, but, like... I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me in any way, shape, or form whether William Shakespeare was real, whether it was someone else, whether he, he, it was him for a little bit and then someone else later. Like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I, I think that I need to kind of correct the record here. This is not something that I deeply care about. It's something that I find incredibly interesting and also hilarious. And I think that when I get into moods like that, people mistake it for caring deeply about things. I just really like to learn about stuff. Like yesterday, I went and did a whole, God, I know that I only shared some of it in the Slack chat, but it was hours of research about why orcas at slash killer whales are dolphins. Um, like a lot of research about it. And I just kept thinking about it all night like this is just i like i like puzzles this is fun for me i'll tell you what i care exist. about we call him william shakespeare i'll tell no. you what i care about in terms of william shakespeare anyone to this day who gives a shit about him dude was writing in like the 1600s who cares it's <laughs> over move on like well i care a little bit like i'm not gonna say i don't care i care a little bit shit's boring it's over with it's 500 years what, old what just happened charlie Live in the now. Yeah. No, I just, I was, I had to cough, but then I held it. Let's talk about Dana Oh, Chase. I thought that that was either an <laughs> exasperation or an excitement, and it was neither. All right, so I do want to talk a little bit about the hockey team, the Flyers, today. Do we have Boo. to? Well, I just, I found something very, very funny uh, regarding this hockey team. The idea that they're going to give out the year-end team awards... And they're going to have to name a most valuable player. Huh. To me, that is going to be the best part of this season. That they're going to have to, like, in front of the 11 or 12 people who are there on Friday night against Ottawa, announce that someone is the team's most valuable player. 
and act as if that has some sort of uh, prestige to it, to be the most valuable player. And, like, granted, yes, in 06-07, they gave out a Bobby Clark trophy. It went to Simone Gagne. He actually had a good year, though. Yeah, he had 40-some goals and led the team in points and was Simone fucking Gagne. Um, That player doesn't exist on this team. The team leader right now has 23 goals. They're Cam Mm. Atkinson, who I don't even know if he's on the team anymore, and... Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, who I'm praying isn't on the team in two days. So uh, I have I I want to lead, and Kelly was in on post game last night. I really want to lead a push to get JVR named MVP, just to add a little bit more to that resume, even if it's yeah. a speck of dust of value. It's something. Oh, he led the team in goals. He played every game. He was our MVP. Of course, you'd pay seven million dollars for him. Who wouldn't? Well, Bill, I, I hate to break it to you, but we've already submitted our ballots. So, I mean, I don't know who's going to win, but I can tell you that James Van Reems like, was not one of my top three choices on my they ballot. Can, so. they Sorry. Thanks a lot, Charles. Who cares about the ballots? They can fucking name whoever they want. Yeah, just like because the goal, the goal song voting, obviously. Oh, yeah. What, wasn't wasn't that a conspiracy song. theory that, uh, that, that a- actually the Hall of Fame voting wasn't real because three people on Twitter said they voted for Lou Nolan, even though there were, like, 30 people doing the voting, so obviously that meant that the voting was fake. Oh, I missed that one. I was talking yeah, about Yeah, that was one of the, like, thousand ridiculously insane Twitter <laughs> bullshits that I've dealt with this season. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that one, but I do, in fact, remember the goal song and, and the... I, I can't find the right word. Someone insert it there for me. The the ruse of them thinking the ruse. that it was. Absolutely the ruse. was a ruse. It was a fan vote. It was not a fan vote. No one would have picked that. Get no one even here. knows what that song is. No one even knows what that song is. Their top three are the most were the most unpopular songs ever of all time. Like if, literally if, everyone on Twitter was like, um, no one voted for this? What? And and we're like not just on Twitter if if we couldn't get as a collective one of our like our one pick into the top three, we know it's a sham. We know it's a sham. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. So fuck you, the Flyers. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do also remember this week people being real mad that they're doing uh, team awards and Claude Giroux who is no longer a Flyers cannot win any of these awards that, well, that was Sam that became a whole thing this is Sam's article that was one Sam. of my questions was Giroux is currently still third on the team in points could he possibly be named MVP Before- so here's here's no here's my thing with the with the Giroux thing it is completely 100% justifiable on the part of the Flyers to be like no, you can't vote for someone for MVP who's no longer a team. That that is a that is the right way for them to play it. It absolutely is. That said, this like like this organization deserves embarrassment and the embarrassment of having to give the MVP to someone they traded away and like have a fake ceremony, like that would have felt right because honestly, they deserve to have egg on their face after this season. I completely agree. There, I, I'm drafting in my head a long article about why the Flyers should be embarrassed from the way that this season has gone um, with many, many bullet points, both on and off the ice. Um, 
Clodger should win. Like he should. I'm like, thinking it, just, it would. It it's. I the the Flyers were are objectively correct for not not letting us vote for him for MVP. Oh, however, yeah. however, however, they still should have let us vote for him for MVP because they should take their medicine. They deserve to be embarrassed. Yeah, it's agreed. Sean Couturier has won three straight Clark trophies. I feel like this season's his best case for one. Why not? Like, see, <laughs> see what happens. We had Giroux for a lot of the year. We didn't have Coots. Just saying. Is like, who realistically could possibly like, who the fuck is the MVP? Hart. I, I think there's three. Ugh. There's three realistic. Hart options. wasn't that good. I think there's. Th- I think there's three realistic options. I think it's Atkinson, Hart, or Sanheim. I think those are your three. Yeah. Because Ooh, I like Sanheim. You say Atkinson, Atkinson because, be I mean, yeah, he got hurt at the end of the year, and he was very clearly playing like a shell of himself the final month of the season, and then he eventually got hurt and got knocked out for the rest of the year. But, like, he was consistently quite good all year. He's going to end up near the top of the team in points. I, I actually think he he did a lot behind the scenes to, like, try to salvage this whole thing from a leadership standpoint just because he's a new voice, and I think he stepped up a lot more than he necessarily wanted to because of how th- how badly this whole thing fell apart. Agassiz, I think, is a fine choice. Hart, I mean, I know the end-of-season numbers didn't look great, but, like, you know, they honestly should be worse considering how bad this team was. Sure. Like. You control for the awful play in front of him, and he's probably like a mid nine tens save percentage goalie. Um, so I think Hart's completely justifiable as MVP because imagine how bad this team would be if he wasn't like a pretty good goalie all year. And then Sanheim because he's been the the team's best defenseman, and his pairing has been the only pairing on a regular basis that hasn't gotten destroyed. And he's been, you know, with Ristolainen. Well, I mean, I didn't say that, but I mean, it's true. I, I that's said implied. Sanheim, he's gonna get every vote for the Ashby Trophy, right? Like that's got to be oh, unanimous. Got to. I think some people. There will be a couple people who will throw it to Provorov because oh, he plays God. the most minutes and shit. But like, no, the, the, Sanheim should win in a walk. Handel's gonna get it just for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sanheim. If they wouldn't that's... have traded Braun, I think a bunch of old school people would have voted Braun, even mm-hmm. though I think that's insane. I think I think that's I a complete. They traded. Well, I just I, I think that's like a completely incorrect way to view the the defenseman position but like there are a lot of people who incorrectly view the defenseman position hey and they're Um, all employed by the philadelphia voice justin braun (laughs) justin braun has more goals and points than first round pick morgan frost all right so let's 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 stop it with the justin braun slander Um, he's fine but he hasn't he hasn't been close to being better than travis no sanheim has been like for a guy who Start of the season, if it was like, oh, you got to get rid of one of Provorov or Sanheim, I'd be like, oh, Sanheim, fucking see you. Travis now, Sanheim. Now I'm Travis like, he's Sanheim. the only defenseman on the team who can play. He might, like, and I, I've thought about this. Atkinson is close, but because of the, you know, the end of season and everything, like, I, I'm not sure if I'm willing to make the statement. Travis Sanheim, I think, is the only player on the Flyers this season that I, I can take a step back and say without without reservations, without any hedging, he had a good year. He's the only guy on the team I can say that about. Mm. The like, only one? The only one I can say with a straight face, mm. with no, like, wells and butts, I can say Travis Sanheim had a good year. I do not think I can say that about any other player on this team. Maybe Claude Giroux, but he's not on the team anymore. I want to be able to argue with you, but I, I, I can't think of anybody else who I would say I mean, that Cam about. Cam had a good year. Meh. 
it was okay. He had a regular. He was good at the start, and then it kind of dropped he off. He had a very, yeah. he had a very streaky, nice middle six scoring year. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't say yeah. it was it was exactly what I expected, and nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I think if, that's fair. I think he's about good, exactly what I expected. He if lived Atkinson, up to expectations. A- Atkinson, if the team was good and he was healthy all year, yeah, he had a good year. But neither of those mm-hmm. things are true. So yeah, um, fair. yeah, Sanheim. Fuck. I really don't want to give him the MVP, and a lot of it is because of my JVR thing now, but he might be the only... So it's all because of your own narrative. Well, like, I mean, like, Sanheim, yes, but, like, I can't give it to a defenseman, like, I don't know, on this team that has the worst defense. I can't give it to the goalie on the team that's going to have a fucking negative 100 goal differential. Like, I don't know who the fuck. Uh, look, I mean, I don't know uh, if I can give it to anyone. It has to be we've, JVR. We've said it Played every on game. this show multiple <laughs> times that plus minus is bad stat. Yeah. However, when on this team you're plus ten, plus ten. That's actually no, good. When your partner, your the guy that's been the guy you're stapled to, your side to is minus is like minus seven or something. Or oh, this was the last time. It's minus it nine. Minus nine. Minus That's what he's going to finish because his season's done. No, but, like, he's plus ten on no, this team. I How do you do that? Overall, like, especially individual game and whatever, like, plus minus bad stat, I think over a season-long sample size, when there's big disparities, like, everyone on the team is minus ten to minus fifteen, and Keith Yandel's minus four twenty. Like, 43, baby. Oh, yeah. he's He's the worst. Like... I think when there's huge disparities, you can... Like, there are other stats that might show it better, but it, it'll it show you someone's real bad or real good. I and largely agree with that. A player on this team being plus when they get outscored by two every game is fucking insane. It's remarkable, really. I was kind of hoping Keith would get to minus 50, but I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't know. Don't put he it past him. They might, they might have game. another nine-goal loss in there. I was going to say, there's two games left. They could easily get scored on seven times. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I mean, there was a game. There was a game last week where Travis Sanheim played like twenty-eight minutes, and Keith Yandel played about six. Like, and he was minus. No, it was <laughs> no. You're right. It was it was the game. It was the game against Montreal because I tweeted about it. Yeah. It was the game against Montreal where he played. I think like seven twenty-one. The Flyers won two the minutes game on the power play. The Flyers won the game six-three, and he was minus two. Like, he had seven minutes of a game where the Flyers won by three goals, and he was negative two. It's beautiful. Just. He's a parrot. But but according to Dominic Moore last night, the Flyers were wrong to bench him. Uh, Guess what Dominic Moore has watched? Zero Flyers mm -hmm. games before last night. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything against Dominic Moore, but the the entire, the, the, the discourse around Keith Yandel that, like, the Flyers were wrong to bench him will never cease to be completely just, insane to me. And all it tells me is you didn't watch him play at all this that's, year. Your opinion on it is based solely on whether or not you watched the team this year. The yeah. end. And if you didn't, your opinion is meaningless, and you talking about it is asinine, and I you think like, you're stupid. There's a lot like, of people who like the concept of Keith Yandel because yeah. they didn't have to watch the reality of me. Keith Yandel. I'm, I'm very big on the concept of Keith Yandel, to be honest with you, but he is simply uh, not that person. Man, remember that first week though? That first week we were like, pretty good oh, early him on. What a steal! Oh, him what on the power steal. play was beautiful. Oh. That first week. I hope I was so pumped about it. 
All is right. Derek Broussard alive? Yeah, he, uh, he traded got traded. Him. Who the fuck did we trade him to? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I Vancouver? Okay, good. All right, wonderful. As long Somebody. as we're on the same Trade him to Edmonton. Here. He went to Edmonton. Edmonton. That's good it. I knew him. it was a Canadian team. He has two goals in 12 games. God bless. Right. Playing with McDavid. Well done. Good for him. When we talk about the beginning of the season, all I can think about is Derek Broussard came out fucking swinging this Derek year. Broussard was pretty good for the Flyers. He just got he hurt back. and then missed like three months. Yeah. He had that stretch where he would play him one like game a month. and everyone else. And then he had that one game with the giveaways, and it was like, yeah, we got to get it. We got to get him out. He actually bounced yeah, back I, from that game. But he did. Yeah, I mean, he is what he is. He's, he's, a, he's a, you know, depth utility guy who's Again, not bad. they have a lot of pieces. Like, oh, if the team was good and he was on your fourth line, but like, oh, yeah, Derek Broussard, he's, he's, he's playing with Kevin Hayes. Second, second line center, line. baby. Yeah, like this is... Second line center, yeah. This is I am... <laughs> this season, these past 80 games and everything that has taken place in between each individual game... I can't even say that word, individual game, has felt like a decade. Like, I don't know how all of these things have all happened within the past seven months. Right? Like, it, it's not just me. Because we all were just like, oh, right, Derek Broussard, where the hell did he go? Like, it's, there's just been too much, and it's all been bad. Oh, I mean, this is definitely going to be a year, just like how, you know, 20, uh, what, 2006, 2007 was, and even how uh, 2018, 2019 was. This is going to be a year where in, like, 10 years, we're going to be playing, like, the name random players on the 2021-22 Flyers team that got, mm. like, four games. We like, we're like oh, that. remember Jerry Mayhew? Remember that guy? Don't even, don't Kevin Connaughton? Like I'll never forget Jerry Mayhew. I will never forget me? Gerald. Hayden but- Hudson? <laughs> remember that dude? That guy I already forgot about, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, Max Wilman. That's, that's another one who we're going to Max Wilman oh, was a good one. Max Wilman was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick I Brown played like half the season, and he's Patrick won. Brown is going to be on the team next year. That that's the thing. Like we joke about Patrick Brown. <laughs> Patrick Brown off. is signed is signed for yeah. another year yeah, he's on, at he's, a very very cheap cap hit, and this front yeah. office no. really likes him. He's yeah. he, there's there is a non-zero chance he's the fourth line center next season. This front office really and likes him. I think him, it might be is, over fifty. This front office really likes him, which is all I need to know to make an evaluation of him. It being negative. Um, he came from Minnesota, right? No, he came from Vegas. Vegas, oh, okay. yeah. They, Vegas but he, but he was in Carolina system for a while. He's the kind of, like, coaches love him for whatever reason. Like, he's apparently a real tryhard. He's a good dude. I just don't know if he's, like, actually an NHL caliber player. But the Flyers no, have not. decided he's an he's NHL not. caliber player. So. Yeah. Because he does what they, he, like, every fourth liner that coaches fall in love with for whatever reason, he does specifically what they ask. And it doesn't matter that he does it shittily. He's shittily. doing it. All we want, we, you're listening to me and I'm the boss man. And so since you're not fucking around, I love you, <laughs> which is just a great way to evaluate talent. You're never going to turn it over because every time you get it, you turn it over the way I ask you to dump it yeah, in. Yeah, you will never you can't turn it over if something creative. Yeah. We don't I mean, call look, Duncan's I, I, turnovers. I think you could probably do, risk. you could do worse than Patrick Brown as your fourth oh, sure. center. Nate but Thompson. like, yeah, well, there we go. You certainly could do a lot worse. You're not wrong. Um, but I just, I mean, he's not like, I don't think anybody would consider Patrick Brown to be like a high-end fourth line center at the NHL level. Nate almost had one last night. He was close. He, he was, was close. trying. Yeah, I he don't, was, don't even get me started on that. He was out there. All right. So 
Oh, yeah, the, he's another one I forgot about. The Ashby, uh, Sandheim's gonna walk away with. Got to. The Clark, the MVP, it's either Atkinson or Sandheim, probably. Maybe Carter Hart, if they want to pump up his tires a little bit. Um, the Gene Hart Memorial Award, uh, given to That's the flyer, given to the flyer who demonstrates the most heart during the oh, season. God. Um, Christ, I feel like this, I feel like this is a good way to honor Kevin Hayes and everything he's been through. Ah, yes, uh, the tragedy with yeah, his I brother. Yeah, I guess he's giving it to Hayes. That the tragedy with his brother, uh, playing hurt, coming back after the surgeries and everything. The, which Jesus, this is Christ, the one that the that fan club votes on, right? Uh, Gene, the, the fan, the fan say, club votes on this. Is we on don't. Wikipedia. We definitely do not vote on the Gene Hart Memorial. Okay, so I think this may be the fan club I that think does this one. This one. Kevin Hayes has this one wrapped up, but the o- the only Yandel. reason I would say he he doesn't necessarily have it wrapped up. Sorry to interrupt, Bill. Is that like there are a lot of people who have decided they fucking hate Kevin Hayes now? Of course. So like there there is a contingent that hates him because they hate the fact that he got hurt and hasn't been fun to watch anymore. Would and, those people be in the fan club? I feel like I don't think so. I don't. Know. I think the fan club. Oh, wait a minute. Is, I, I don't have a particularly fan. high opinion of this fan base at the moment, so maybe. As a person who went to one single season ticket holder meeting, I can very much see the kind of people that would be in a fan club hating the shit out of Kevin Hayes. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Because you know it's a particular type of person. Like we all love the Flyers. I don't think any of us has ever considered joining the fan club. I'm sure no. they're very nice no, people. No, but it was like, <laughs> I, I feel like I it's the, it was Twitter before Twitter. Like, we've met a bunch of them. They come to our events. Oh, fuck. Did I fuck up? I love you guys. Never mind. No, like, I, they, I mean, I think it's fair that there's a bunch of curmudgeons no matter where you look in this Everywhere. fan base. But, like, I think it's a bunch of older fans that just didn't have Twitter that were I like, guess All that right, makes well, we sense. Need, oh, fuck. We need, I, now I feel bad. No, I, I just realized that in 2013, Zach Ronaldo won this award. Yeah. Oh, no. That where it's, it's, it's absolutely going to be McEwen. It's McEwen. If it's could those people, if I can see that. If it's a certain section of this fan base that I believe would make up the fan club, and perhaps I'm wrong about the, uh, the, the makeup of that group, but, uh, if it's that con- contingency, it's gotta be McEwen. Gonna be honest. Yeah. I fucking love Zach McEwen. I I'm do good too. with that. I love him. I mean, I know sure. he's bad. Don't tell me. I know. I he's, know he's bad. He fights people. It's it's fun. I mean, he's it's enjoyable. I, if, if if we're gonna go with like the actual definition of like heart, I mean, you could give it to Lawton. That would work. Oh, yeah. Oh. People are mad yeah. at him now too. I don't know if you've noticed. That I don't know. People Twitter. are mad at everybody. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Well, every, everyone uh, just hates everyone now. It's just all yes. very exhausting. <laughs> I like remember. Remember, like, oh, a month or two ago, time. I don't know, but Bill was just like, "Listen, I want these players to be as miserable as possible." I think that that's where we are right now. Well, I can I assure you, they are for very long. They are miserable. Yeah, they don't I look actually, like they're having. They don't look like they're having a ton of fun out there. So if if, if you want that catharsis, their punishment because really the Gene Hart Memorial Trophy should be going to the fans. Like, god damn it! If you are watching Game eighty two this season, you get a trophy. I don't know. I think I still. I feel like enough of these fans have proven themselves to be assholes to a point. No, the four of us right here. 
we get the Gene Hart Memorial. You know what the Flyers should do? We're the best. I don't think I should get the best boys and girls. You you remember? (laughs) Remember that South Park episode years ago where they made fun of the the guys from BP who uh, did like the I'm sorry commercials after they did the big oil spill? Like that's what that's what Comcast should do. Have just an Mm. I'm sorry commercial. Like a straight, but like like a tragedy happened. They should absolutely do it like uh, like they killed somebody. Like it oh should be God. like a major tragedy, like setting up, and then it's like just highlights or lowlights of this season, like our bad. Just every and Keith, you know what, you know every Keith Yandel turnover, just my our bad. Hold Oops. on, we're gonna have Steve put this together. It's gonna be black and white film oh, noir, no. and gritty is gonna be oh no the main character, and then it's just gonna be like sad, gritty. You know, like pans and then just words. Like I, I thought you were going to suggest anything. killing Gritty. So Gritty can't speak, but it's like he can squeak. We are sorry, sad Gritty on the couch and holding up signs. How do you this make his face sad? I don't know if you can. Is not what sad. we wanted. Sad Gritty eating a bowl of cereal. Like this. This is yeah. Redo. Woo! Redo the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning tweet. And the, when they in, when they in lost in terms four games. of no just of, just redo uh, the entire tweet that like, tweet that would be up. perfect flyer social media person if you are listening do this and people will laugh at you in a good way we'll do it <laughs> we'll do it but yeah no they should they should do a commercial and they should take out not just a page in the inquirer let's do a whole section like oh guys our bad we fucked up is there even still an inquirer yeah, yeah Kelly is. sent me one. Oh, I sent her the Claude Giroux. Issue. They have two Flyers writers. They are still a paper bill. <laughs> they, they have two Flyers writers? They do. You, you're not been following this season at all? They, fo- they fired Sam, and they got two two new ones oh, that fair. are actually yeah. better. Yeah, you don't read. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, they, they laid off. Well, Sam took a buyout midway through the season, but even before he took the buyout, Olivia and Gianna were covering the team. So now Sam I is writing. I thought they just didn't oh, that who they contract. For? Now Sam is writing for Philly Hockey Now. Woo! All right. Fired up. Good job, Let's baby. Let's take a break because unless oh, right. we've got more things to talk about because I want to talk about the conversation I had with Dan Morse, who is the site manager for Davy Jones' locker room. All right. Yeah, let's take a break and uh, we can do whatever the hell Steph's talking about on the other side. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. 
All right, everyone, we are back. I don't know why I waited so long to do that. I just kind of zoned out. Uh, we you are know what back. I just realized? I edited last week's podcast. That was me. I never edited out the break, and I also did not put in commercials. Yeah, We're I, doing- I, I listened to the, the episode. You're right. God you did bless. not put in a commercial. I, I did, just I, too lazy And to I'm tell you. just realizing it right now so well that was our my that bad was our everyone fan appreciation i was episode. told where the break was and just didn't do anything about it that yeah. was cool, our cool, fan cool, appreciation cool, episode cool, cool. i mean you're just channeling the flyers like yeah, they were didn't... told something was wrong and then chose to completely ignore it mm-hmm. well nobody told me that it was wrong in fairness i i was or they just, just told, told you to do something and you just ignored it yeah no one's and ever going to complain about that you know like flyers Not one single person complained to me about it so it's been it's been quite a few days either no one's listening or no one gave a shit that i was doing that no, no it's like fl- fl- flyers do line changes right nah no. <laughs> we're not do going to nah. <laughs> no, it was only like game 79 like they don't have line changes down quite yet uh this this team's just absolutely insane before the whatever steph was talking about Real quick, the Pelly Lindbergh Limber- Memorial Trophy. Most to me, improved. this is the hardest one. Most improved. Oh, the, God. This is the hardest one. I mean, Carter Hart. It has to be Carter Hart. Hart for the bounce back? Yeah. But he didn't really be. improve. He just bounced back, sort of. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at last year and you're looking at this year, there's only one guy who's doing better, and it's Carter Hart. Uh, yeah, man. Well, maybe Nobody Sanheim. else. <laughs> you could give it to Sanheim. If being charitable, maybe Sanheim. You could give it to Sanheim. I mean, it just seems like the obvious one to me. I think he's always been good, so it's hard to but, like really make that case. But Travis I, I Sanheim, wouldn't be opposed to it because he's actually been good this year. So Travis Sanheim won it in 2018-19. Oh, so maybe he can't uh-huh. win it again. So I don't know how you're like he's not a number one defenseman superstar. So like, what was he improving upon? Yeah, how about I don't I don't know who you give he's this won to. It before right? Lawton won it Lawton 2019. Won it. Yeah, Lawton definitely won it. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, Couturier seventeen eighteen, Sandheim eighteen nineteen, Lawton nineteen twenty, Faraby twenty twenty one. I don't know who the hell you give this to. Like I true, I legitimately have no idea who you give this. to. I mean, every to skater the on the team guys? has regressed. What are they can, better? Can you give it to like Cates or Brink or something? No, because there's nothing they improve from. They're this is their first shot. Like Ronnie Adderd from game four to game twelve. Yeah right. <laughs> Not, I, I mean, mean like, do you give it to Limblom because he's looked at least way. better than last year? That was my only thought. Like, Limblom is the good. name missing from that list. Maybe they're like- just, like, going through a rotation. Like, he's missing from the list, and he has improved. So maybe? I There's no good options here. I got nothing. No. no. I mean, do you I give it to, heard. like, as, as insane as it sounds... Do you give it to Morgan Frost because at least now he's sort of an NHL player? No, you can't. Or like <laughs> Isaac Ratcliffe? You can't like, do that to the poor You made kid. the big club for a little you bit. That to the poor you can't put nice. Morgan Frost out there for the jokes. Like, you, you can't <laughs> yeah. do it to him. That's mean. He's worse. <laughs> well, he's better than he's in an NHL. Bill being the voice of compassion. Morgan Frost, since his second game in the NHL, has regressed. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Stop, stop. He's already dead. He had that yeah. fucking... Was it his first game? <laughs> he had that backhand against Bobrovsky? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, He's never been as good as he was, was really on good. that play. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, this award is insane because I don't think there's any good choices. I don't know. 
Heart for the bounce back is the only thing that makes sense. That's the only thing that makes sense. I think this every is skater like, has regressed. Even if we were to make jokes, I'm just thinking through. Like we can't say it like about the joke. We can't say it about the the fans. We can't say it about the coach. We can't say it about the front office. Is there any asset, any part of the entire Flyers community that could say we got better this year? No. 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 no Mental health. I would say Woo, this, down this, the crapper. This um, podcast fun definitely at an all time low. We never get worse. Actually, we've improved. Yes, we never get well, worse. We only get better. We only get better. Yes, but it's taken a toll. Just us, though. Nobody it else. Is, it has taken a toll. <laughs> Bill lost all of his hair. If they, uh, everybody be cutting their hair. If they would, Zach give, McEwen. If they would give the MVP to the fans, would that be corny or appreciated? Yes. Corny Both. as fuck. Imagine looking back on, like you're doing now, looking back on the list of past winners. <laughs> Scott Lawton, Joel Farabee, the fans on the shit year that no one wants to remember. It's like, yeah, it's corny as fuck. Well, so the Pelly Lindbergh trophy is voted on by the players. So take that into account. It's Carter Hart then. Hart has never won it. Maybe they just give it to him because they know how much he went through last year and they know that like he's yeah. clearly in a much better place from a game standpoint and from a mental standpoint. I mean, they like Carter, so they might give it to him. It's the only thing I can see making any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Fans yeah, as I MVP, like, I think is funny, but also like 5,000 people are going to games right now. So it's not I'm even cringing out the thought. You can't even give no, they can't do it. Like it has to be a player. But yeah, Hart as as the as most improved is the only thing that makes sense. All right, what were you saying, Steph, about some conversation you had with Davy Jones? With Davy Jones. Yeah. So our Seattle Kraken site is called Davy Jones Locker Room. Oh, is it is not called? named after their team dog, Davy Jones. Their team dog is named after our site, Davy Jones Locker Room. Just got to be clear about that. Um, their coach, their head coach, is our near and dear friend, Dave Haxtell. David Gwendolyn Haxtell. David Gwendolyn, yep. Um, David Gwendolyn J. Haxtell. We can never forget the J. Um... So I was talking to Dan, Dan Morse, who's the site manager yesterday, and I kind of was just checking in, and I realized when I was about to ask him how the season was going, that Dave Haxtell is his coach, and the Kraken are in the same position as the Flyers, roughly. So we started talking about Dave Haxtell, and he's going to write an article about Haxtell's guys in in the coming months, and it really... I had to I had to crowdsource some of these answers because my brain is just completely blocked out how bad those Hackstall years were. So he asked for examples. Who were Hackstall's guys? Both like the the really bad players that he loved and the really good players that he hated. And I shot shot off a few names that just came to the top of my mind right away and then I asked in the Broad Street Hockey Slack room and the names that came up I completely forgot like played hockey for the Flyers so I would love to hear the answers from you three who when you hear the term Hackstall's guys who do you think of 
Chris Vandevelde. Yeah, Vandevelde's number one because he played yeah. the 81 consecutive games and then scratched him day 82, which was hilarious. To me, Pat the number Stoll's one is... crowning achievement, you're going to say To me, the number Charlie. one, it's, it's Yuri Leterre. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Yuri Leterre. Yuri Leterre. And, and it's, and it's he was on my list. Almost entirely because he went out with Yuri Leterre. He, like, well, it was his, final his, final game as head coach. He scratches Oscar Limlop for Yuri Leterre. Like, he was going down with the ship and he was going down with his boys. Yeah, like... Chris Van Velde, absolutely. Uh, Andrew McDonald, especially Andrew McDonald, stapled to a top defenseman on the first pair, absolutely. But the single instance of him on his last day on the job, scratching Limblom and playing Laterra, that is what I will remember about Dave Haxtall more than anything. That is his. No, that is that's his Sistine Chapel. It was perfect. It's, it's, it wasn't even just that move. It was the whole entire final game, like running Stolars into the ground. They scratching. changed the decision on the starter like twice. Yeah. Mm. Scratching Lindblom for whatever, whatever you just said. Like the, the whole world. final game situation was his Sistine Chapel. Like that entire performance was Dave Axtall in a nutshell. And a whole ass organization looked at that and said, yes, this is. The well, moment. all right. So listen, this is what I've decided. Oh. Who is their general manager? It's George McPhee, right? No, it's Ron Francis. Oh, fuck. George McPhee's still in Vegas. They've got the Vegas coach. No, they have Dave Hacks. No, they have. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? Is Steph having another stroke? I Do might I need to call the stroke? authorities. I just drank a pint glass of iced coffee, so maybe... Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, I've kind of thought all along Seattle's plan was to not be good for a little bit and then have a ton of cap space and flexibility. And to Dave be fair, Haxtall, they seem to be doing that. Dave Haxtall being their coach really helps out. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting around to. So Ron Francis, whoever their GM was, and, I, and when I was talking to Dan yesterday, I literally called him what's-his-face. Like, it's not a bad drafter. He knows what he's doing. So this draft and next draft are strong drafts from what we've been told and what we've been promised from, for dealing with this misery for as long as we've been dealing with it. So if they were looking... At these drafts and being like, all right, well, we need a bro that's not going to make it look like we're intentionally tanking, but is going to get us high draft picks and take us into the future. It's 3D chess. It's 3D chess. And I don't think that they're necessarily doing it, but like maybe, maybe they're looking at what they fell into and it's like, all right, well, let's keep this guy around for next season. Does he get another Get year? another high draft pick. And, I mean, they're not going to fire Dave Haxall nah. after one year. I, I'd be no, it'll be, it'll be at least two years. Like, it might be the end of next season. They're an, expan they're they're an expansion team. Like, I know that, you know, for whatever reason, stat models thought that the Kraken were going to be good, but, like, did you look at the fucking roster? Like, they weren't going to mm. be good. I do. I do, I haven't watched them enough to know like if Dave Haxall has coached them well or poorly or whatever. But like, gonna get poorly. I, I I don't know. I just I can't imagine I he's the kind of guy who's been poorly. Well, I just I can't imagine he's the kind of guy who moves the needle. He's not a coach that moves yeah. the needle of a team. And 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 Steph, I I say this with all the respect in the world. As little as I want to talk about the 2021-22 Philadelphia Flyers, I want to talk about Dave Haxall even less. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. We, the only reason I brought it up is because you guys 
somebody mentioned earlier in the show that this season is going to be a season of it was Chuck trivia, like who played yes. on this team, and like that I feel like was Hackstall's entire tenure because when people were bringing up um his guys, like I I completely blocked out Chris Vandevelde, I completely blocked out Brandon Manning, Brandon forgot a Mac existed, like my players were Philpola. Um, Yori Latera and um, Dale Man, Weeks. Philpool and then was the a def- good one, too. Remember when they sent Travis Sanheim back down to the minors in his they rookie do. year because they had yeah. to play Brandon Manning every night? Sure do. Remember when they were scratching Travis Konechny? Remember when he scratched Michael Roffel? Is yeah, it, that was dumb. I mean, the Konechny like- connect- scratches were more like remedial, whereas the Sanheim, the Sanheim sending down was like, you're not good enough when they had Brandon multiple Manning. defensemen on the team that were not NHL caliber. I, I, is it a shock that we're here? Like, looking, like, really, I, I get, like, it was a different coach, different general manager, but, you know, a lot of the pieces higher up in the organization are the same. And maybe we're the dumb ones for thinking, like, oh, yeah, this season they'd be good. Like, these people don't know what the fuck they're doing, and it's very clear. They I have no clue. I they let those people make choices for them. Bill, I don't think that it was, I don't think that it was irrational to believe coming out of the 2019-2020 season to believe that the Flyers are on the right path. I think that was the, I think that was a justified opinion to hold with a significant amount of evidence that the Flyers were a young up and coming team, that it came out of their retool with a lot of, with a lot of talent. Maybe they didn't have super high end talent, but they were extremely deep. They had a coach who had seemingly had the team playing a style that would succeed in the NHL today. And there was really no logical reason aside from just like, like pessimism that lingers because you're from Philadelphia to think that this whole thing was going to fall apart. Now, obviously it did, but like you can't, you can't. There are people that are going to gloat and be like, I knew that this team was bad all along. Like, there's such a thing as, like, having, being right for the wrong reasons. Like, if if your reason for why you thought this Flyers thing was going to fall apart is because, well, they're the Flyers, they always do this, and they've been bad for 10 years, so, uh, like, fuck you. Like, you're, you're not actually using evidence, you're just using your own bullshit like biases of the Flyers should try to, you know, buy the biggest free agent every year and make the biggest trade because that's what the Flyers are. Like, I will say that I've said this, I think, on the show before. I'll say it again. I don't think there was anything inherently wrong philosophically about the Ron Hextall plan. It just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that it didn't work. But there's nothing wrong with building from within and trying to, you know, like keep your prospects and develop them and whatnot. Like that is a strategy that has worked for other teams. It is a strategy that can work. It, it is didn't a good work strategy. Here. It didn't work here and that stinks. But that doesn't mean that the strategy itself was just inherently a dumb one. The it was problem. just poorly it was it was just poorly executed and it didn't work for reasons that in some parts were out of their control. The inherent problem with the strategy is it was only a half measure. He thought he could do it without high end talent without top-end draft picks, and without going out and spending big in free agency. Either of those. Maybe or, he would have eventually. Or but you just hope that at some point, like, you get, you lucky, get lucky on a guy. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not a, getting lucky is not a plan. Though. They had the second overall pick, dude. 
Okay, but th- again, that's lucky. Like, getting lucky is not a plan. Well, that's my point. You get, all you have to do is get lucky once or twice, and they got lucky zero times. Uh, okay, but that's Didn't not a plan. did we just say stop beating the Morgan horse? The, the Morgan horse. The Morgan <laughs> Frost horse. He's dead. Can we stop beating the Nolan Patrick no, but horse? It's he's the, dead. The issue it's the pivot with point the Hextall plan wasn't, wasn't that it was wrong. It's that if you don't bottom out or if you, you don't make some sort of commitment to get high-end talent, you'll never be as good as the elite teams. It's Look at all the best teams. What do they have? Superstars. The Flyers don't. That's why they're bad. I, I, guess, my, I guess my point... Sorry, Kelly. Go, oh, Steph, go ahead. I, I've just decided all over again to be furious that they traded Claude Giroux. Like, I know all of the reasons that they did it, but I also know all of the reasons why they should have brought him back or not done it in the first place, and I've just decided to be furious. Ooh, that man is thriving. I guess my... I know he is, and I know I know that he is living his best life, and his wife is happy, and his kids are happy, and they're all just chilling at the beach, but I'm furious, and I just wanted to get that out there. I guess my point is, and here's my thing, is that, like, so much of, of a rebuild, of a restructure, or whatever, a lot of it is you put yourself in position to, you know... To, to have good outcomes and then you there there is an element of luck mm-hmm. and the exa- the example I will give here is look at the Carolina Hurricanes now granted they've done things the Flyers haven't namely hiring Eric Tolsky and giving him actual power which the Flyers mm-hmm. could have done because Eric Tulsi would have got hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. He wanted to get hired by the Philadelphia Flyers, and sure the Flyers did. just fucking ignored him. He was in their market, and they ignored him. So there are ways for a team to do smart things that the Flyers just refused to do for years. That said, the Carolina Hurricanes are now one of the best teams in hockey. Who are their two star players? Their two star players are probably Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Sveshnikov. Andrei Sveshnikov was a second overall pick. The Flyers got one of those. Sebastian Ajo was a second round pick who honestly developed a lot better than anybody thought he was going to. The Flyers, if they would have gotten just a bit lucky, they could have followed that same exact path. And you know what? Or developed the, the, better. The other way they got a superstar, who they ended up losing via free agency anyway, was Dougie Hamilton. They got him because they took Noah Hannafin with the fifth overall pick. That's basically Ivan Provorov. They like, made an aggressive... The, I mean, Hannafin's the, the, better than The Provorov. Hurricanes... Like, you, if you squint, you could see how the Flyers right now could be the Hurricanes. Now, they're not, but a lot of that, and granted, as I said, some of that is you have to make better decisions with your GMs. You have to make better decisions with your coaches. That's the stuff you can't control. But there's other stuff that, quite frankly, especially with regards to the draft, that is a lot of fucking variance. And Carolina got the positive variance. The Flyers got the negative variance. And it sucks, but it's just the reality of the situation. But as you said, you put yourself in position for the best possible outcome. They refused to do that. Yeah. No, you're right. They didn't do those things. They could have, and they kind of went halfway. They drafted ninth instead of second. Like It's definitely luck, but like having Eric Tulski making your pick increases the chance that you're going to get lucky, whereas having Ron Hextall make your pick, not as good of a chance that you're going to get lucky. I mean, fair, but I'm just saying that there is an element of, like, people underrate the the impact of variance on the failure of this whole rebuild. And I'd like to point out that, like, if if everyone knew Sebastian Ajo was going to be a superstar, he wouldn't have been taken in the second round. And the Flyers, part of Hextall's theory, I think, was that if we give ourselves a ton of draft picks and a ton of chances, we're going we're gonna to stumble into 
a guy who dramatically overachieves at least once, and they and really he, never did. And, and here's the th- and you can blame that on you can blame that on the scouting department. But here's the the God's honest truth: drafting is a fucking crapshoot. For and pretty much everyone except for Steve Eiserman, like it's a fucking crapshoot. But also, like, there's no the idea that bottoming out is a guarantee. It's not that you're going to be able to rebuild into the Colorado Avalanche is also highly dependent on luck. A lot of teams have bottomed out and they're not the Colorado Avalanche. And we've acknowledged a thousand times at this point that the entire front office is full of idiots. So if this team I bottoms mean, out next year and, and ends up with, you know, a whole bunch of really great picks, do I trust them to make the good decision? Like if they get number one, sure, that's an easy one. But like after that, I don't know what they're going to do. And then once they get these players, what are they going to do with them? Fuck them up probably because that seems to be what they do with all of them. So it's like none of it matters until... As Charlie said, you start from the big decisions of the people that are running your hockey team being the ones that you can trust to build it up into something good. And we don't have that. And that was my point to begin with. Why did we ever trust these morons? They empowered people like Paul Holmgren and Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall. And trusting them was our fault. That was stupid. You're not wrong. (laughs) I like as we've been talking, I I've thought of a couple different ideas. Like we should want ownership to be less involved in hockey teams, right? Like all of our experience has shown. Yeah. We should want them less involved. Less involved. It depends. If they're not involved and the team is bad, I want them involved. And if they are involved <laughs> exactly. and the team is bad, I want them out. In the uh-huh, end, people uh-huh, just uh-huh. want the team to be good. Yeah. And what, so and what, whatever, whatever the team is doing when they're bad, they should be doing the opposite of that. Yeah. That's, that's generally yeah. speaking the quality of analysis we get in 99.9% of sports talk. Right. But also, you know, we've seen, we've seen things work out for Carolina. We've seen things work out for Colorado. We've seen things work out for Toronto. But let us all remember the other side, or rather the backside of the sun— the moon the darkness to the bright is ottawa is buffalo is i mean ottawa's light years ahead of the flyers at this point well all right well philadelphia i mean look at buffalo they got the second overall buffalo's better than the flyers at this point well and if their owner wasn't a cheap if their owner wasn't a cheap dickhead they'd have a star like well, there's a little bit more. I'm just that, saying, like, go, there go is, off, there's the sun, and there's the moon, and they're the same. <laughs> I mean, the Pagoulas are bad owners. Like, they're cheap. Yeah, well, bad. yeah but bad, bad, bad. this is, this is again, this is when I feel like I'm on Twitter, where it's like, you say something that's 60% right, and I feel obligated to, to correct the 40%, because it's not totally right, but, like, the gist of what you're saying is right, so I guess I should just let it go. Like, yes, the Pagoulas suck, but, like, Jack Eichel didn't get traded because they're cheap. Jack Eichel got traded no, because Jack Eichel got traded fucking because they wanted to control Because they wanted to control him. <laughs> they, right, they wanted, because... because <laughs> ownership and management are too involved. Like there's, you gotta let, you gotta let the players do what they want. You gotta let the players be healthy. All I'm saying is the Philadelphia Flyers are Buffalo. Thank you. Sure. Whatever. They're Buffalo. Things are All right. God Charlie has decided Charles. I'm definitely wrong. I saw no, I'm just, no, I'm just, no, I'm not, I'm not even like shitting on you. I'm just saying like things are God awful. So sure. Let's compare them to Buffalo. Like, so sure. They, they, sure. they deserve it. Why not? What other God awful teams are there? Like Vancouver was for a while, but then I mean, they the got all of the, the thing is, 
I was going to say, all of the teams that are at the bottom of the league right now, I feel like are way more poised to get better than the Flyers are. Chicago isn't, but Chicago's feeling the fallout of what happens when you're all in for a decade. I don't think, Kelly, I actually think that that statement is, it's, it's a little bit colored by the general mood of the fan base because How i do dare you i'm very rational like like if, if you're saying if you're saying how like how close are the flyers to becoming a cup contender sure but like there's a path for this team to be decent next year no it's not, i know it's, it's, that. It's, it's not a terribly like hard path to imagine to be totally but here's honest the thing. like could i could see i can't envision a path where like the canadians are good next year or like I can the Senators are. No, but like I can see Detroit winning a Stanley Cup before the Flyers. Sure. At this If point. that's the only way you're judging it, then sure. But well, like, that's what I need, Charles. Before I'm dead, I need a Stanley Cup. Kelly, so you're that not is that old. The ultimate. I know, but I'm just saying it's been a long time <laughs> since they've done it. So it, it's I not like dead. you're in your 70s. The world Kelly. is ending, though. So let's. I'm My just, favorite I, thing. This is an aside. My favorite thing every is how day Kelly the world pronounces is like, Stanley Cup. Steph, let's be honest. Wait, did I say Stanley Cup weird? You just no. You don't say it weird. You just pr- you enunciate. You you put the accent on Stanley as opposed to Cup, and I do it the other way. Oh God! I know I'm I'm never gonna yeah. Stop you you about do this. Stanley Cup, and I go Stanley Cup. Fuck. But Steph, going back to your original point about the world ending, let's be honest. <laughs> with, let's be honest with ourselves here, like. The world ending is too kind of a fate for all of us at this point. Like we we, we would never be that fortunate. Like yeah. there would be there will be an apocalypse. Seventy five percent of the world's population would die, and the Flyers will still be one of the five worst teams in hockey. I'm literally they going will still to buy- exist, and they will still be awful. I'm buying Charlie like a $500 Arby's gift card as an end of season present because <laughs> <laughs> he is just in it. And the the catch is he has to spend it all at once. <laughs> Everything has a BSH party on right? Chuck. Real good. Get a real get good. a black and white shake too. <laughs> Those curly excellent. fries are fucking great. All right, we got I'm, anything I'm else? Watching my, because I'm sick. I why go. would I not be watching hockey highlights while doing a hockey show? But um, I I passively mentioned Arizona being in a worse shape than the Flyers, but um, Boko Imama, who was a recent draft pick for. The Coyotes scored his first NHL goal last night while his parents were in attendance, and it is incredibly wholesome. Okay, I have two things I want to talk about real quick before we end the show. First is direct response to that, and this is something that about Arizona, and this is a probably something that is impossible to truly, um, you know, to truly measure because obviously teams will only give paid attendance, not actual attendance. But if you had to guess, if you had to guess. How many times next season, like if you match up like game one versus game one, game two versus game two of the two respective teams, how many times next season will there be more fans in the stands for an Arizona Coyotes home game than a Philadelphia Flyers oh, home fuck. game? fuck. Honestly. <laughs> Zero. Honestly, I, I could see there be. If the Flyers start off next season. Will there season, be games where the Flyers have fewer bad, than 5,000 yes. fans in the as stands? As bad as they are no. right now. I don't now. think they, so. If they if the first month of the season looks like this season did, I could see no one going to a fucking hockey game because no one goes now. They'll pull a Sixers, an early just giveaway tickets, two thousands Sixers, and they'll just give away tickets. They wouldn't they wouldn't let that happen. Comcast, 
Comcast is many things, but willing to be embarrassed in public. Not they do one the of them. They would do. Well, they're doing a real good job avoiding that. Yeah. Well, also, it's more... Arizona's arena is only going to hold like 3,500 when it's set up for the NHL. It's amazing. I'm so excited good. to go see a game there, but you're never going to get a ticket, dude. Have you met me? Of course I will. Oh, fair enough. I I'm guess you could just be a press I'm kidding, box. I'm kidding. Okay. And but I second... doesn't need to be a Flyers game. Like, I'm, I'm going to yeah, go. Fair. Second um, thing I wanted to talk about, um, because let's end this, this podcast on, like, something of a high note. Oh, God, yes, please. Noah Cates is pretty good, right? Oh, my God, I yes! love him. He's so good. He's so funny. Like, not, like, superstar good by any no, means, but, like, good. he's a good player. It's kind of neat. He's nice exactly, little sixer. He's exactly who I want in the fourth line. Yeah, that would be nice. I... I've been really high on Noah Cates for years, and it's just, it's so good. It feels so nice to have that validation that maybe I do remember what hockey players are supposed to look like. And just His line has been the most fun thing that has happened this season. Do we know who named the kid's line? Is that, is that? Charles J. O'Connor. Who, who, who the fuck is Charlie O'Connor? They were saying it is. on the broadcast last night. That was kind of cool. I know. Chuck, I'm, just I'm shouting you out. Charlie! Thanks, our Dad. very own Charlie O'Connor named the kid's line. I don't know how you came up with it. I know. So <laughs> original, right? <laughs> oh, man. And just um, because... But no, I, wanna... I, re- I really like Cates. I, I, don't, I actually think, Bill, I think you're, you're underrating him. I don't think he's a fourth liner. I think he's at least a third liner. All right. If, okay. that, if the kid's line was our third line next season, I would be pretty jazzed. I'm going to be honest with you. I um, I like that line a lot. I'm just not getting overly excited about Flyers prospects. And also, these games don't matter. They're exhibitions. They're not NHL hockey. So I don't know. Hopefully he's fucking awesome. Maybe he's a first liner. I don't know. Uh, I just don't think what we're watching right now is NHL hockey. So saying, oh yeah, he's going to be this in the NHL. I don't know, because that's not what he's doing right now. I, yeah. I mean, they're still playing against teams. Like yeah, the Pittsburgh, teams the Pittsburgh Penguins are treating this like it's NHL hockey, and he looked pretty damn good against them. Sure. I'm using a lot of air quotes. Sure. I mean, playing hockey. I mean, teams. Like, the Montreal Canadiens certainly were not treating that like NHL hockey. The Penguins, hockey. The I Penguins come in against a team with 23 wins ago, and we don't really care today. Well, they lost, so tough yeah. shit. So did I see that every team in the East that has made the playoffs has over 100 points? That is true, yes. Yep. And the Flyers are sitting at 62? 61. 61. Uh Yep. They can get their goal differential to 100, though. Let's go, boys. They can't. It's like negative 80. No, they have to lose like 9-0 both times or something like that. It would be impossible. I mean, don't put anything past this team, but it would be very hard. We can get Keith to 50, though. We can get Yandel to minus 50. Play him 20 minutes. Make sure you lose his last two. Get the top five pick. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know Hackstall's teams are going to win a stupid game and move up in the standings because that's what they do. That's what he does. All right. You know it would be really fun. When is the last game? I can't breathe. It's Friday Friday night. In Philly. Against Ottawa. I'm so Oh, God. We could do like a, a bingo a build your own bingo and, and we just kind of like put in fields like what is the most ridiculous bullshit that could happen in game 82 between the flyers and the ottawa senators the well i winning. think that's something great for steph to work on uh, over these next no, couple no, no, of days I'm bill's like end the show bill's like kelly at the end of the, the blackhawks game last night 
Yeah. Like, just end. Just Bill is just trying to get the fuck out of here. Can all right, I'm done. Go? I'm done talking. I'm it. That's it. <laughs> and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just because the season's ending. This is our regular season finale. But that actually doesn't mean shit. We go through the whole summer. We do the whole thing. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so even though the Flyers are going away, we won't. And that's probably good for everybody. Uh, good for our mental health, physical health, whatever. Uh, so hit that subscribe button. Maybe yep. give us a five-star review. Say some nice words. Uh, yeah. All right. That's it. I'm done. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! Crossing Hockey Radio! Turn that shit up, you motherfucker! It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freakin' Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Throw Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.